everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Carbon Trace Productions Spring Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Katie. And if this is your first time tuning in to our podcast, this is kind of where you can find out more about our nonprofit mission, uh, some of the work that we do, documentaries, humanitarian spotlights, old ones, new ones, everything in between. If you like this episode and you're interested in checking out some of our older ones, you can find those uh, anytime on our Spotify or on our website, carbontrace.net. That's also where you can find out more about if you want to volunteer to work with us, donate, sign up for our newsletter, anything like that. Um, it's all right there online, carbontrace.net. With all that being said, I'm really excited to just jump right in now, so let's get started. Every day there is a miracle come true. Every day, with every single detail. When you find out like someone comes through this door, he can't he he he's been through a lot and he when he walks out, he walks out walking on his feet. Okay, so what we just heard playing was a little snippet from the trailer Suriat, uh, which is a Carbon Trace short documentary that was released 2017-2018 and is about the Suriat Across Borders charity. And now I have the absolute pleasure of introducing my first guest, Tay-Tay, and he is going to tell us a little bit about the Syria Across Borders charity and what working on this project was like. Tay, it is so great to have you here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Um, back in Kansas City at the moment, so it's good to see friends and family, uh, especially after the quarantine for a full for a full year. So I'm doing more than good. That's awesome. I have you here today to talk with me about Syria uh, across the border. How did you first find out about that charity? Uh, yeah, there we had caught wind of a medical mission connection between the crisis in Syria at the time. I think it was 2016, 2017. And uh, a resident medical professional at Missouri State, or maybe he was just doing some talks in Missouri State, and through Andy Klein and another Missouri State faculty member, we kind of uh, orchestrated this documentary mission with me, Shane, Shannon for one of them, and Andy to go over to Jordan, where there were displaced uh, Syrians. And I'm not sure if they were just Syrians. It, it was a, a lot of different ethnicities within Jordan, so many so that there's actually like a newly formed almost city in the northern part of Jordan called Idlib which might go the way of uh, another city in Jordan that was actually formed after Palestinians had been displaced uh, to that degree in the past. Uh, but while we were there, there was a trip that SAMS, the Syrian American Medical Society, the group that had put together the whole medical mission, they, they took us on a trip to this place called Suriat Across Borders, this rehab facility created by five Syrian women uh, in Amman, Jordan. And I just... You know, that kind of stuff just fills your heart. Like, and you know, so you got to imagine like 2016, 2017, you can be pretty disillusioned and after the election and, uh, you know, just, you know, it's easy to forget that there are more good guys than bad guys in the world. But that trip 
kind of had a counterintuitive effect in me, you know, being so close to trauma and all the effect of uh, a lot of the bad stuff in the world uh, actually kind of filled me with a little bit of hope. It's not just people just taking notice of bad things, actually people who got up off their couch to make themselves actively <laughs> uncomfortable for no financial gain just to help people. Um, so, you know, I can't really do much. I would, you know, times like those, I wish I was like a civil engineer, or like a medical professional I could actually help, but I knew I could, you know, make good content. And I was watching a lot of their promotional videos. And I thought like, this needs to meet the quality of the care and everything that's, that's here. So I just, I'm, more than anything, it was going to be a promotional video or I, just some sort of material for them to use in the future. But uh, I'm not sure if, I'm sure the idea came from one of them that maybe it could be a little bit of a short doc. And uh, so I made them some content that they could use and then kind of did my best to kind of put together something that can kind of capture the feeling of what it was like to be there and maybe tell the stories of some of the people there. So that's how that came about. So personally, why do you feel like bringing awareness to this topic and this charity is so important? Um, and it, it I, my understanding is I think it was a nonprofit uh, organization. They would definitely take uh, donations and, and probably had steady income. But um, why did I think it was important? Um, That's a question I always ask. Sometimes it stumps people. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, stuff that just seems kind of self-evident. You don't really think about it too much. You know, it's just all the motivations, uh, all the incentives. That's probably a better word. All the incentives in media is to really follow the money. And that'll kind of lead you into places that... I guess the language I like to use is, is, is a language from a book called Finite and Infinite Games. I think James Cars might be one of the authors of that book. But uh, a lot of the normal incentives in, in America and the world kind of lead you down the finite role uh, of just, you know, trying to chase status and money and all that kind of stuff. Some of the stuff that I'm normally motivated by. So like it's, I do my best to kind of pull myself out of that and kind of want to direct some of my skills into being more of an infinite player. So like a finite player is more interested in time constrained kind of like status type stuff and an infinite player is more interested in making sure that other players get to play the game and when i talk about the game i'm talking about the game of life in a more fair and safe way and being an infinite player usually doesn't give you a lot of the tangible like material benefits and everything like that but it just you know you just feel better about the time spent i think and i'm trying to put it in the most technical way possible i don't know it just kind of helps me out on my path to like conquering my own ego because like i'm right now it's you know, just trying to navigate my career and all that kind of stuff. It's definitely something that's on my mind a lot. Yeah, uh, it's just a good idea to kind of, as much as you can, live for others. I definitely care about the opinion of my peers within media. Like, I definitely want to be held in high esteem and to do, yeah, and I mean, to the degree that it can be impactful, like, that would be great. Um, but, you know, especially after a year, like, last year, I don't think there's anything wrong with just purely entertaining people. So, but yeah, just making sure that I do more for us than than me and I'm rarely disappointed whenever I you know allocate my time in that way. So you were the director for Syria is that right what was that what was that like were you had you been a director on anything before was this your first time directing I know obviously you had to travel for it so what was that experience like? Um, it's it was my first time yeah directing a documentary which is because I had been an editor a lot longer before that, and it's almost just like editing the whole way through, except you're just actually editing when you're editing. So like in my mind, I'm just comfortable with maybe just letting cameras linger and just searching for something and not necessarily knowing this, 
that everything I'm shooting is going to be part of the thing. So, so that's kind of how I thought about with thought about it with the documentary. I had done some just a little bit of narrative work and some music videos before that. But uh, the main mission of the whole thing was the medical mission and to cover that and give the material for that. And I was able to sneak away and get back to the facility because I think it was the second time that we actually returned. It was it was the first time that we had gotten there in April that I was introduced to them. Uh, wasn't able to make any time for it. And then we came back for a second time in June. And... I made it a point to get over there and uh, they were actually switching facilities and uh, luckily they had been introduced to me and it made it way easier for them to kind of, you know, kind of, you have to kind of disappear a little bit with the camera to kind of get natural moments. So like it kind of made it easier for them to kind of just carry on after, because, you know, they get a lot of visitors, but return visitors, I just thought it was really cool to come back a second time and actually feel like, you know, I was a, a friend. So there's a lot of great experiences and memories that I'm sure you have, um, especially from going twice, but it's only a five minute film and there's only so much you can fit in that amount of time. So what would you say your favorite part of, of working on the film was? And is there anything that you wish maybe could have been mentioned more? Uh, I mean, there, there's, there's one experience where I had finally uh, been able to show them what I've hoped they could use to be their new uh, introductory material to kind of either show for orientations of group people, groups of people coming in or, or um, for outreach. Um, and they, they enjoyed the video. <laughs> I just remember them being huddled around the phone and kind of laughing about each other's shots and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was great. Um, but as far as content in the movie or the shorts, um, so removed from it. I was even watching it recently and it's hard for me to remember some of the stuff that might have been cut out or some of the potential in it now that I've like made a feature and I'm on like a another documentary feature. You kind of get better at noticing some value in places that maybe you didn't in the past. So nothing nothing comes to mind but Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, on, on some level, like, it's just, you know, I, I, uh, I feel like people might enjoy just knowing that, uh, there's some effort and care being put into, uh, the mission, uh, the outcome, like, you know, the five minute video or just the promotional video is kind of like, you know, not gonna, not gonna really do much or change much, but just, uh, I just remember walking in there a second time and it was by myself. I, the first time I had gone in there, it was with a whole crew, medical mission, a whole bunch of other people. Second time, it's just me. And I'm wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to, you know, I can't speak uh, Arabic. I can, I, there's only one English speaker there. What, am, what the hell am I going to do? I just show up and everybody's a friend. Everybody recognizes me. I recognize them. And I just, that was that, just, just that alone. I remember thinking that was, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. From what you can remember, you got to mention everything that you wanted to put in there for the most part. Um, would you do a second one if you could? I would. Yeah, I would do a second one on why it's no longer in its current form. I don't know if it's transformed into something else or it just doesn't exist anymore. But I would I would maybe do something on that because I feel like that might that could be actually uh, a good, I'm not sure what the word is, but just a good way to kind of get across that, that this very big traumatic thing has happened and 
10 years on, it seems like it's not really something that the global community is really aware of or interested in. And I wonder whether or not the, maybe their funding streams kind of fizzled out or, or who knows, maybe they achieved their, their mission to a degree that they felt like that uh, it didn't make sense maybe having it there anymore. And maybe Sam's found a different way to kind of incorporate it into some of the things that they're doing in, in I think it's Idlib, but could be a different city. But uh, I know that, I know that some of the people I'm, I know are not necessarily uh, in that project anymore. Um, I know since you directed Syria, uh, you've kind of amiably parted ways, so to speak, with Carbon Trace uh, to pursue your career out in San Francisco. So with that being said, I'm not sure how involved you are still with Carbon Trace. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about what that journey has been like for you? Yeah, it was actually Richmond, California. They're the Bay Area consists of actually Bay Area is kind of like Kansas City. It's kind of hard to determine like what is and isn't Kansas City. But uh, the Bay Area is my understanding is it's Richmond, uh, Berkeley, Oakland, San Francisco, and I think Vallejo. But I was in Richmond, California, just on top in Berkeley, and uh, it, for a lot of personal reasons, but uh, mainly being that. Carbon Trace was had, like nice enough to kind of let me still be a part of a lot of what was going on, but maybe do it remotely if necessary, uh, which just makes me so happy. But because uh, uh, I, I really care about uh, I really care about some of those people, and uh, I feel like uh, there's only going to be cooler stuff that we get into in the future. But there, if I said that if I said I had a plan, I'd be lying. It was, you know, I had. <laughs> I had family and uh, like a, just a one family member and a couch out there and um, I kind of, uh, this is all like that whole time period is all in the shadow of Trump and, and that election and everything like that. So like, you know, I just, you know, it's hard for me to even put myself in that mindset anymore and figure out really what the hell I was even thinking, <laughs> just going out there. But I really enjoyed myself and, and made some connections with some Missouri State alumni out there, got into some extra interesting work. Um, um, made what I think some lifelong friends. I'm not sure if I, you know, necessarily put like push my career in any, you know, good meaningful directions, but as a person, I feel like I grew a lot. And, uh, and I still, I mean, it's, it's weird because documentaries were never on my map when I first went to Missouri State, but like uh, I'm, I'm about five years out from when I graduated and the only thing I've added is music videos. Like it's, I, I like documentaries that much to where like I'm only doing music videos and documentaries at the moment. Uh, documentaries I feel like are gonna be a part of my life for the rest of, for the rest of my days. That's awesome. So you are still involved with Carbon Trace even with the distance? Uh, I am, I'm part of the creative board. Uh, there, once I get settled down, I'm sure there will be some editing work that I could definitely help out with. Editing, I mean, look, that's one of the few good things that have come out of the quarantine is the development of remote work and kind of the infrastructure behind that. So like it's, it's uh, I doubt I even need to be in the country to really get uh, tapped in and kind of help out with anything on the editing side. But uh, yeah, but once you're in, you're, you're never out. I hate to cut it short, but before I let you go, is there anything else that you want to talk about, you want to mention, be it about Surya or 
uh, Carbon Trace or current projects or anything? Anything else you want to mention? Anything else I want to mention? Just, you know, the uh, there's uh, there's a saying, the sword that, that doesn't bend breaks. And I kind of, I remember being in film school and kind of seeing people who are kind of like stuck and rigid into what they intended to be and wanted to do when they first got into film school. And documentaries definitely were like, was not on my map. I don't know why, I just uh, thought it was, I'm not even gonna say I had negative connotations about it in my head. I, there was nothing, like I just, just wasn't even on my map. And and Andy, who I consider like the media Bill Nye, like he's just, like it's impossible to listen in for more than five minutes without uh, being inspired to do something that you had no intention of doing beforehand. But, uh, but, uh, but like it turned into like, you know, I love food, I love traveling, I love helping people, I love camera work. And it's just the perfect confluence of all the things that I love about the world, um, except for money. No, I'm joking. No. But, but, uh, but yeah, like it's, it's, it turned out, I mean, I, it's, it was just incredible. Um, so definitely be open to opportunities and, and it can only help, I think, in the end, some of the stuff that you want to do, um, which I think it has. So, so be a little bit more flexible and open to opportunities and you'll be surprised what happens. Well, Tay, it's been absolutely wonderful getting to speak with you. And I'm so excited that I've had this opportunity to, to learn a little bit more about the backgrounds of Syria and meet you and see what your journey has been like. It's been a real pleasure getting to, to talk with you. I appreciate you. I want to take just a moment now to give a special thanks to all of our patrons on Patreon. What we do here at Carbon Trace wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the support and the help and the love from viewers like you guys. So if you want to join us on our journey, get like access to sneak peeks and merchandise and maybe some tickets to some of our films, things like that, um, you can become a member of our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. That's patreon.com forward slash carbon trace. happy to have the opportunity to talk to Shannon Kay of Carbon Trace Productions. She is the executive director uh, and I'm, I'm really happy that you're here. How are you doing? What's been going on? I'm just happy to be here with you, Katie. Um, I am just really proud of the work that you've done so far and so now I'm like really excited to hear what this podcast is going to be all about. Oh, that makes me so happy. That makes me really happy to hear. Um, but that's like enough about me. We we have you here. You're the guest. Uh, I want to hear from you. So, uh, what you're the executive director at Carbon Trace. So, can you tell me a little bit about what that job is? Yeah. So, I mean, jokingly, we say that I am the lead cat herder. Um, so, I am the one who is just making sure everybody's like going to the right places and where they are, where they need to be. Um, but really, the job of an executive director is a whole lot more than that. Um, not only am I taking on like all the administrative work um, to keep Carbon Trace afloat, um, financials, I'm meeting with the board members. Um, I'm really trying to do everything possible so that way Carbon Trace can be like the best team we can be. I am like the person who makes the function uh, flow for the company. Okay. How long have you been in that position? 
I have been in this position now for about two years. Um, however, I've been like with Carbon Trace as an employee for almost three years. But Carbon Trace as a whole, we've been working together as a team for six, almost seven years now. Okay, so how did you guys, if you have all been working together for that long, how did you come together and make Carbon Trace? What's that? origin story. Yeah, so Carbon Trace Productions started, uh, really it kind of started in 2013 when Andy came to Shane Franklin, uh, our creative director, and I, uh, and said, instead of writing a book for this academic thing, I want to make a movie instead. And we said, okay, well, we can probably help you because we have some broadcast experience. Uh, so we worked together with a couple other students who had some film experience, and we created this film called Downtown. And we really love downtown. It's not, it's our first movie, so, you know, cut us some slack if you do end up watching it out there. Um, but it was exciting because it took a lot of like really nitty gritty detail oriented information and turned it into something that was much more palatable. Um, essentially the film was about like how you can create a city to where people like are forced to interact with each other. Um, and that's something that everybody here at Carbon Trace really believes. It's like now part of our core values, really. Uh, we believe that like if more people could learn the stories of other people, then they would definitely feel more sympathetic and empathetic, uh, and they would be able to relate to problems that are going on in our world better. I completely agree, and I think, I think that's a really good point that you brought up about like being sympathetic and empathetic of others. And I think a lot of times, like in today's world people confuse those two things for being like the same and they're not so i think that's really cool so where if anybody wanted to see that film where could they watch it you can always go to carbontrace.org uh, we have all of our like links and information there and that's going to be the best place to find all the information about carbon trace okay cool what kind of other projects have you worked on since then well, I mean, we have done uh, a lot of different things since we first started that film. Um, we have done smaller works that really, I don't know if you would call them short films because they're only like two or three minutes, uh, but you know, we worked for several years just kind of building up our chops. Um, eventually we built up our chops to where we were hired on uh, to go to Amman, Jordan, and what we were doing is we were trying to make promotional content for the Syrian American Medical Society. Um, it's the first time I've ever traveled internationally. So. It's funny you bring that up too because um, the first half of this podcast I actually interviewed Tay about that project. Tay Tay is very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> so I hope that was a good interview. I'm sure it was a good yeah, interview. Yeah, he's, he's such a sweet kid. And so, so anyway, that was a very big bonding, like, experience for Tay, Shane, Andrew, and myself. Um, so we did this promotional work for the Syrian American Medical Society, and um, we came back, and not only were we able to do that work for them, but then we were also able to make a short film, Syriot, which is I'm sure what you talked about with mm -hmm. Tay. Um, and that's what really like lit the fire to be like, Carbon Trace can exist as a company. Like we really can band together and um, make this our careers. Um, and it's, I don't know if other people out there know, but it is pretty hard to like have a media career in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, so we felt like that was an, a good goal to reach. Um, and then by 20, 
17, we incorporated as like a company. We got not-for-profit status from the state in that regard. Um, and then in 2019, uh, we became a 501c3 federally, and that's when I started working full-time for Carbon Trace. Okay, cool. So, so how much has how much would you say your team has grown since then? Because it sounds like you started out just like the core, like you, Shane, and Andy. Okay, um, yeah. Ante. It was really us four for a long, long time. Um, however, we've always had volunteers who have really cared about the cause for a long time. Um, and we rely on our volunteers. I mean, that's one of the main reasons we are a not-for-profit is because part of our main job is like, taking students and teaching them the art of documentary film like that's another one of our pillars um so what we've been able to do is like we used to have just one or two volunteers but now we have upwards of 15 volunteers at any point in time wow. that we can like call or rely on and while we may not have all of them working directly on a project they all check back in and ask how they can help and lend a hand and I don't know, that feels really gratifying because it makes me feel like we're actually doing something that's worthwhile. Yeah, and it's more than just like you're working together on a job. I feel like, at least from my experience being here, you start to build friendships. Well, and you kind of have to. Um, with documentary film, like, you are together. Um, your personalities really have to mesh because you're spending a lot of time together. Making a film is not just when you're there on set. Um, there is a lot more involved in the beginning and in the aftermath. So you need to be comfortable with your team members and frankly, you need to be able to really trust your team members. And that's what this time and all these turbulations, like that's why we're so close um, because we trust each other. If you had to pick like, I'm sure you've worked with like so many people on so many projects over the years um if you had to pick like a favorite experience or project that you've gotten to work on with carbon trace what what do you think that would be you know recently we had songs from the street come out last year mm -hmm. and it was a world that i just really had not been tapped into before um seeing how many folks that are unsheltered here in springfield um, we have all, we have talked before about folks being chronically homeless, um, but we've never really talked more in depth about just being unsheltered as a whole. Uh, folks who are living in their cars, folks who are couch surfing, you know, you're still unsheltered. Um, and it's just really hard to find uh, a balance and find your footing. And I think that Songs from the Street was a really great representation of having these individual like personal stories like really show an issue in such a personal frame. I don't know, there was just really something about that story that touched, touched something uh, in me. And it was amazing because we used that film as a rallying cry so that way the Connecting Grounds was then able to like promote their issues and they were able to really make a difference in the community. Um, and that's because of the hard work that they do. But we were happy to be a catalyst of uh, promoting the work that they do. Yeah, I remember watching that one, um, and it it really like hit me right in my heart. It was really good. Um, and that was done by students, you yeah. know. And that's another thing is like 
yes, like that was done by Carbon Trace, and definitely the students like had to have a guiding hand of us. Um, but you know, that was really their work. Well, and there's something about like telling those like in, like because you can talk to like I mean every single person you meet in your life is going to have an amazing story if you talk to them long enough. I promise you. However, it's different like when you just talk to somebody and then you have a personal story that reflects some sort of like a larger issue. Um, I know that I personally get kind of overwhelmed uh, by all of the news and all the stories and all of these like big ideas that I'm supposed to get. Mm -hmm. um, so documentary film, like, is, it really helps me because they're able to, like, tell these, like, one story all along to illustrate a one idea, and it becomes not so overwhelming um, to, to grasp. And so that's another reason why documentary film, I just, it really is, like, a beautiful way to tell a story, and really it's a beautiful form of journalism. Yeah, I agree with that. So for, like commercial work and like taking jobs rather than just um, coming coming up with your own projects and doing them how can people reach out to you if they wanted to hire you for work yeah at carbontrace.org um, we have a contact us and from there it'll take you to all the information that you need um, we typically ask for a little information from you so we can get your head around the project uh, and then we'll make sure to contact you from there do you think it's easier to work on projects that you guys have come up with yourself, or is it easier to work on projects that you know you're doing for someone else? It is, it's hard, because sometimes the story comes really easy, and you're like, yes, that's it, that's what we need to be following, that's what we need to be doing. Other times it's really just not that simple. Um, we can follow like up to 10 different people and we know that at the end of the day only two of those people are going to make the cut. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really hard um, as opposed to like, you know, with a, a commercial job, you know, you know what your client wants and so you do what your client wants and your client's happy and you're paid. Um, as opposed to with the filmmaking, again, you're on your own, so you have that freedom, and you know we want that freedom to be able to tell the best story possible. Um, but it's definitely not easier. <laughs> um, I think that my favorite part of the job is at the end of the day when people feel like they need to have an action at the end of our film. Like, that's how all of our films, I want people to feel like they need to take action and do something or call someone or go somewhere or sign a petition or start something. We want people to feel at the end of our films. And so when people like walk out of the theater and they're like, man, I got to call my council member. That's my favorite part of the job is because I know that it landed. And that means that all that hard work we put up to that point has made it and has made a difference and that person will continue thinking about our film or about the issue for days on end um, and hopefully it maybe could make some positive change in the future. Kind of the best of both worlds you get to do what you love doing and you get to help people in the process. And that's why you know Carbon Trace we are a scrappy group. Um, you know we are 
we have very small staff. It's really only two of us. We have a lot of dedicated volunteers. We have three fantastic interns this semester. Um, so we have a lot of support. But it is fundraising season coming up. Um, so I do want folks to know that Carbon Trace Productions is going to be hosting events all throughout the summer. Um, as a fundraiser and if people are interested in hosting a fundraiser at their house we have information for them to do that um, and I would encourage folks to reach out to me and talk to me because we always love to have new people come and talk to us about what we do at Carbon Trace. So for people that wanted to kind of like help out with donating or fundraising or uh, contact you to like to work with Carbon Trace or anything. You said you have lots of information about that, but where where can they find that and how can they contact you directly? Yeah, so my email is shannonk at carbontrace.net. That's S-H-A-N-N-O-N-C-A-Y at carbontrace.net. Um, you can always feel free to shoot me an email at any point in time. Um, and like I said earlier, at carbontrace.org, we do have a contact us form on the website, and you can always reach us through there because that just goes directly in my email. We've had a, a very enthusiastic, is that the right word to use? A very riveting conversation. Um, it's been so great to talk to you. You're such a sweetheart. and. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy with Carbon Trace. Katie, you are so sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. Again, I just like talking about Carbon Trace Productions because uh, we do a lot of cool work. And so I just yeah. want everyone else to be able to see all the wonderful work we're accomplishing here. Yeah, for sure. So just one more time for, for our listeners, where, where can they find out more? Where can they contact you? Yeah, you just want to log online to carbontrace.org. Okay, thank you, Shannon. It's been so great to talk to you. Uh, I think that's all we've got for today, so. Thank you for having me, Katie. I really yeah. appreciated being here, hanging out with you today. <laughs> for sure. As we wrap up, I want to thank everyone for listening to today's Carbon Trace podcast episode with me. Catherine Saltkill. Uh, today's episode was produced and edited by me. And of course, another special thanks to our guests, Tay-Tay and Shannon Kay. If you want to find out more about Tay-Tay and his works, you can check out his website, taysquared.net. That's T-A-Y-E-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D.net. And as a reminder, again, if you want to contact Shannon about opportunities here at Carbon Trace, you can email her at shannonk at carbontrace.net. That's S-H-A-N-N-O-N-C-A-Y at carbontrace.net. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to listen again, check out some older episodes, find out more about our works and services at Carbon Trace, you can visit our website directly at carbontrace.net. Other ways you can stay up to date with us is by following Carbon Trace Productions on all social media platforms, such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we're on Vimeo, we've got Spotify, and of course Patreon. Uh, and you can add us on our new Snapchat, carbon underscore trace. Uh, and just one more time, I want to say thanks to all of our patrons on Patreon. You guys are the reason we're able to do what we do. And if you're not already on Patreon with us, you can become a supporter of Carbon Trace on Patreon for as 
little as $5 a month and that'll give you access to like exclusive merchandise and behind the scenes and pay-per-view tickets for some of our films. Um, just a, a whole bunch of fun stuff. So definitely check it out and uh, just thank you guys so much. Uh, yeah, that's all I really have for today. So again, thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.